Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Congratulations for you folks for that's when graduating, either from high school or from college or grad school or law school or medical school. Well, you know what? They'll be looking for a job soon. If they're looking for a job, they got to look the part. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. they got a great, great line of clothing for your younger folks. And not necessarily something tailor-made, but also something custom-made. A wide variety of shirts, blouses, skirts, towels, you name it. Not towels, exactly. But you know what I'm talking about. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. They'll take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Special guest in studio. He is the Republican nominee for mayor of the city of Indianapolis. Jefferson Shreve joins us now. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Thanks for having me back in. All right. So let's start with this public safety plan. And I'm curious from a very high level because there's a lot of great things that I think people universally agree on. There are obviously some things that people are upset about but the whole plan how do you put it together who did you consult with who did you reach out to who was a part of the process how did you come up with your public safety plan as a collective rob i appreciate your your framing it that way because there was a lot of thought and conversations a lot of listening that went into putting the plan together i became the nominee uh, a couple months ago and i moved around every township talked with our citizens business owners talked with police leadership talk with uh, people in the faith community, uh, came to appreciate how big, a, how big a role the faith leaders play in all this. Some of the more moving parts of uh, sort of forming these ideas and this plan came from conversations with mothers, mothers that had lost children, uh, talked with people that served in the last administration uh, and people that know what worked in the past, what's not working today. You, you, you get to this sort of a plan by doing a hell of a lot of listening, uh, pulling it together, thinking about it, trying to weave together something that's going to, to, to set our city on a course that is better than what it's on today. But one, one takeaway is that it's not, it's, I don't have to reinvent the wheel here. There are things that have been time-tested and proven that we did and did better and differently not a lifetime ago, but a decade ago that we just need to get back to. And so that's 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 been a big part of it. When you put the plan together, uh, is it is there like 30 parts to it in the beginning and you whittle it down? Are there things that you throw in and then take out and put back in? How long did this process take to come up with a definitive, hey, here's our public safety plan, judge it as you will? Yeah, it was about two months of focus on the public safety plan. Yes, thinned it down because people's attention span on some of the key elements is limited, but it's fluid in the sense that it's going to improve and get better because I'm continuing to listen and learn as we weave things in there. For example, the weed and seed program is something that I've, I've learned more about since we rolled out the plan, and it was really successful going back 10, 20 years and you'll see elements of the weed and seed plan incorporated into our public safety plan as as um, as we move forward. And you'd certainly see elements of it implemented in a Shreve administration. That's yep. so focused at the community level, at the neighborhood level. And so these are some proven out tools that have worked. And so what you've got today is not cast in granite because this candidate is listening and learning. 
You know, I, I mean, I really am. Okay, so Jefferson Shreve, our guest, he is the Republican nominee for mayor of Indianapolis. I want to get to the gun component because that's what everybody wants to talk about, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you know that. But before we do that, you have decided one of the things you are adamant about is re-implementing the public safety director. That was taken away under Joe Hogsett. I think this is one of the parts of the plan that we can all agree on is a great idea. Why, why do you want to bring it back, and what has the harm been of not having a public safety director in the city of Indianapolis? The the job of the mayor of Indianapolis is, first and foremost, to keep his or her city safe. It is the the core function of a mayor. It's also the responsibility that we tax our citizens for more than anything else. I mean, the majority of our general fund is to provide public safety, police, fire, EMS, that sort of thing. Got to get it right. But it is a monster of a job in and of itself. And the mayor's job is complicated. Our city is a big, complicated organization uh, between city and county government. And so I don't come from that background as a former cop or firefighter. I mean, I am what I am, which is a, as a career business executive, not a career cop. And I need that expertise that wakes up 24-7 focused on metric-driven accountability for moving this city in the right direction. The person will be responsible to me as mayor and I to the citizens every day. And every mayor prior to Joe Hogsett has had benefit of that executive public safety director. But Joe Hogsett campaigned on, and it's been true to his, his campaign, he's going to be his own public safety director. Well, that's maybe sounded good, but the results are in. I mean, we're seven and a half years, nearly eight years in, and the results are in. And public safety in this city is not what it used to be and not what it needs to be. And so that's why I feel so strongly about that. So the success of an administration is a function of standing up and attracting talent around a mayor at the cabinet level, deputy mayor level. This is perhaps the most important hire that I got to make. And there's plenty of talent out there. Uh, it may be talent that comes from within our city or that has served in our city at some prior time. But I need that. I need someone that can give their 100% bandwidth so I can also give bandwidth to infrastructure and economic development and getting people to move into this city, lay their heads in Marion County so they pay taxes in Marion County. We've got to improve our, our transportation system, uh, our IPS or education options, because those are the drivers that are going to determine whether or not people are going to continue to live in Marion County. Not just the donuts, but in Marion County. Uh, Jefferson Shreve, our guest. Casey, I'm going to let you hop in here just a second. But first, uh, let's so let's get to what a lot of people listen to this radio station, other conservatives have been talking about, which is the gun proposal. There are three major components that seem to have people upset about them. It is raising the age to buy a a firearm to 21 years old. It is ending permitless carry in Marion County, and it is banning of assault weapons. I am curious why you honed in on those three things and said these are the three things we have to do to make Indianapolis safer. They're driven by conversations with our police leadership. So I've, I've campaigned in the primary, and I'll continue to campaign on being supportive of our police community. Uh, look, so, so, the, so the IMPD is telling you this is what you need to do to make Indianapolis safer. This is a combination of all of those conversations that I talked about at the front end of, this, of, of, of our visit here uh, in and around the nine townships of Indianapolis. But back in the primary, I, I, for example, I, I share with people my view that the repeal of permitless concealed carry was, in, 
in, in, in this candidate's opinion, a mistake. I'm not a legislator. I'm not running to represent Johnson County. I'm running to manage Indianapolis. And that's a, it's a different lens through which someone's got to look through and make decisions. But the repeal of permitless carry, as a for example, were I a member of the General Assembly, and I heard Superintendent Doug Carter's testimony, where he spoke vigorously in opposition to that, I would have been compelled by that testimony, and I would have left that requirement in place. Kendall, I do not think the bar is too burdensome or too high to ask our citizens to file a permit to concealed carry a firearm on their person in the city. We did it for decades, and it makes the job of policing on the margin at least more dangerous, uh, and I think that we should have left that in place. And so I support that. Uh, 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 our chief of the IMPD also gave testimony in opposition to that. What you're hearing from me is a man that's running for mayor on a platform in part of being supportive of our IMPD, which is a world apart from what we've had for the past seven and a half years with the man who leads the IMPD at the at the mayor's office level. Because I'm convinced that they don't feel like they have his support. Casey, go ahead. Okay, I have a lot of questions, Jefferson, and I've noticed you did not bring Wendy's in today. <laughs> Things got a little bit more serious, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, this conversation wasn't going to be about dipping French fries and Frosties. I yeah. knew about that. Yeah, um, okay, so let's talk. I want to backtrack just for a second to the IMPD, and uh, you have said that you want to put more police officers on the street. Where do you plan to get that budgeting from? Where are you going to move those resources from to hire more police officers? Yeah, well, Casey, that's not a fiscal problem because those officers, positions, those 300 additional positions that I keep messaging on are fully funded and authorized today. It's been for lack of meeting those hiring challenges that we haven't done it. So I've got a little background and, you know, people know that I've mostly made my living in in business. You guys kid me about infinite money and whatnot. And, you know, it didn't come from my, my $15,000 a year that I made on the city county council. It came from running a, running an organization, but I did serve on council, a little stint on public safety. I served on the IMPD staffing commission. And we know that for a city of our size with its geographic dispersion, we're over 400 square miles that we should have X number of officers on our force. Uh, our, City County Council, through its budgeting process, has funded and authorized 1,853 officers today. We're 300 down. Joe Hogsett has fewer officers on the force today than he had when he came into office on day one. And he campaigned on bringing 150 more in than he had on day one. Well, he's not only not met that campaign promise, we are down. We need them. More officers in and of itself isn't a panacea, but it is, it is the differential between a reactive crouch that our police department is left in and a proactive, community-facing engagement level. Uh, Jeff, go, go ahead. Go three, ahead 300 more officers enables our force to be in the communities. Do we ever see them walking a beat? Do you ever see officers walking Mass Avenue or Virginia Avenue? How many do we see on the bike patrol on the Monon? Uh, when we have downtown events, it's a rare sighting to see our mounted division. Uh, it, you know, it it doesn't need to be all 
squad cars and flashing lights on Fox 59 uh, every every morning because there's been another shooting event. We need to see them pre- proactively out there in the communities. When I was on a, the city county council back in the Ballard years, we'd have officers that would turn up at our neighborhood meetings. They're there to listen. The engaged neighborhoods will share with the police what they're seeing, what they need to keep an eye on, where they need to step up controls, patrols, so we can get ahead of some of this stuff. Jefferson, Jefferson Shreve is joining us. Uh, Rob, do you want to? Well, I was just going to say, I want to, because I want to come back, because I know we have limited time here. Mm-hmm. I want to definitely come back to the component of this that a lot of people want to talk about, and the yeah. people you got to kind of either win over or win back or whatever, which is the gun, mm-hmm. the gun restrictions on this. And so I'm curious, a lot of people say, look, the Indiana General Assembly has already said, no dice on permitless carry. They've clearly passed it. It, it is a thing. Uh, they've said no dice. We're not raising the age to 21. The Supreme Court has said you can't ban assault weapons. And a lot of people say, look, this is kind of comes off as pandering if none of the things can be accomplished. What do you say to those people? Why are those people wrong that you're not just pandering, that you actually want to or are going to try to do this? Because I want to and am going to try and do this. It's, I mean, it's hogwash to say it's pandering. It, it is pandering for Mayor Hogsett to come out two weeks after the General Assembly adjourns from their last, their last long session and introduces something to the council that they're going to pass that has zero opportunity or chance of uh, of, of going into the force of law. Well, who it, but it, but it, it is not pandering to say, okay, these are some elements, having listened to our policing community, that makes sense, that they feel strongly about, that I will support as as a city's chief executive, and I will go through the due course of law and mm-hmm. asking for these things. Okay. So the way you do that is you include it in your in in your legislative priorities at the start of the session, and you take them before the members of our general assembly. Look, I, I, I it it's up to them, and I understand the challenges and the headwind uh, that will face this administration on that front. I have relationships. Because I served, you know, I served on the council with Aaron Freeman and Jack Sandlin. Mike Speedy served on the council. I mean, I get it. Um, But I am going to, in due process, respectful of that relationship between uh, the state house and the city county building, ask for these things that our IMPD are asking for. Now, who on the state legislature has made you believe that they're going to support your plan? No one from the state legislature has told me that they're going to do this. But I have pre, I have had conversations before I rolled out this public safety plan. I, I met with all of our Republican members of the Marion County delegation mm-hmm. to give them a heads up. Uh, and then after I rolled it out, you know, the guys like Freeman and I back and forth, he doesn't agree with me. I get that. I respect Aaron Freeman. Uh, uh, Jack Sandlin, who's a former IMPD cop, I understand where, where he stands. See, here's the difference, though. We're going to communicate. We will negotiate. We will move the needle down because we are commonly interested mm-hmm. in advancing public safety in Indianapolis. And part and parcel with that is being supportive of our IMPD. I get that. I understand you're talking about the policing community, but this is a state law that you're talking about changing. And I'm wondering, you have mentioned that you would advocate as the mayor of Indianapolis to change that law. And I'm wondering, are you talking to other mayors or potential mayors of South Bend, Evansville, Fort Wayne, Gary? Are you all on the same page? Because one person advocating is different than a group advocating. And who in the legislature 
legislature has told you that they are willing to change the state law. Casey, I have not, uh, I've not been uh, liaising with the mayoral leadership in cities in and around Indiana. I'm running to, to, to lead this city, and I'm asking the General Assembly and others for accommodation specific to the challenges of our state's only first-class city with some acute urban challenges. Broad Ripple isn't Bargersville, and Hallville isn't Eltonville. And so, I mean, there are some tools and accommodations that I am going to argue for that I think are specific to the challenges that we have right here at home. And, you know, Zionsville is a world apart. A, a, a Guy Rilford, uh, whom I don't know personally, but I certainly respect, it lives up in Zionsville. My sister lives in Zionsville. The challenges of public safety in Zionsville are a world apart from other parts of this city. And as a mayoral candidate, I tell you what, I have been in parts of this city that are just so different in terms of what folks have to contend with as they send their kids out the front door every day. Uh, mm-hmm. Je- Jefferson Shreve is our guest. He's the Republican candidate for mayor of Indianapolis, uh, spending a few moments with us about his public safety proposal. So there's a lot of people, Jefferson, I'm sure you know this, that are looking at the gun side of it. And they're saying, look, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I've never done anything wrong. It seems like I'm being targeted rather than the people who are actually committing the crimes. Is it your belief that if you institute these plans that the criminals are just going to say, well, I can't get one until I'm 21. I guess I'm just I'm I'm done here. Or if a, if a, the, there is assault weapons ban in, in Marion County, so I guess I better not bring this here. Do you understand why some people are going? This is kind of kind of doesn't compute that you think the criminals are just going to abide by the law. When they're they're criminals, how do you address those people? Yep, sure, I agree. That would seem naive. I don't believe that that's the case. Uh, I can't tell you how many folks I've talked to in other parts of this city that have fourteen and fifteen year old kids walking around with uh, with handguns in their pockets or the backpacks. I mean, it's just way too many, and uh, that that prevalence has led to violence because you have young people that aren't nearly responsible enough for the great responsibility that goes along with uh, possessing a handgun. Just well, like the great not, responsibility of... If they're not of, afraid of a shootout or going to prison, why would they be afraid of a fine that they may not be accountable to pay? Yeah, I, th- I think you're asking, if they're going to break the law to shoot somebody, why would, they, why would they be worried about being arrested potentially for illegally owning a firearm? I, I think that's where people Well, get- Rob, they need to be afraid. I mean, I mean, there need to be consequences for this. And, 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 and we've gotten so soft on, on crime and these consequences and on solving these shootings. One point I made when, on my role last Thursday is that the solve rate on homicides has fallen from a high of 81% down to the low 30s today. We need to get the, the we need to get the illegal guns and the violent offenders off of our streets. We need to prosecute them and keep them off the streets. But the consequences have become so inconsequential today that you've got an odds-on favorite of gunning someone down in Indianapolis and not getting picked up, not being identified, not getting picked up. Uh, in Ballard's uh, second term, I think it was Bill Benjamin, who is uh, Deputy Chief of Investigations, had that solve rate up to 81%. We're down in the 30s. It is unacceptable. 
part of the reason that it's fallen is because the most talented police officers in the investigations of the detective corps, they're the most are are, are are the veterans, and that's where we're bleeding that talent. So, yep, uh, Hogsett may run an ad about hiring 700 cops, but look at where we are on net. We're losing our talented, experienced veterans that can up that solve rate, so we can pull those young, violent offenders off the street. And the system has to work. The, 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 the court system and the prosecutorial system needs to work. Public safety is an ecosystem. The mayor doesn't control all of it, but the mayor's got the bully pulpit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will be, uh, <laughs> whether it's from the city county building or if elected from this studio, I will be on message about, ladies and gentlemen, our prosecutor has a responsibility to us to move these people along so we get them off the street why do our police check out because they 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 they, if they make an arrest on on someone that that commits some violence they take them through the uh, arrestee processing unit they bond out i mean in short order heck sometimes before they're finished with their processing paperwork they're back out in the street it's a broken system jefferson are you worried that like I said, I think 80% of your plan is great. And clearly, I disagree with you on the gun thing. Are you worried that the 80% that's great is getting totally overlooked because of this 20% that people are, let's face it, there's a lot of people who are not just upset, they're livid over it. Are you worried that the good stuff is getting drowned out because of this one portion of the plan? Sure. I need, uh, I'm running for office. I, 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 I need support. I need the I, your listeners are supporters by and large i need them i need support from beyond your listenership i'm running to represent and manage this city so i am not indifferent to how people view and respond to policy positions that i'm articulating as a candidate i am eager to move beyond public safety alone because there are so many other challenges that face indianapolis that i think i've got some damn good ideas about that I want to articulate Mm -hmm. uh, because (laughs) we can be a great city again. But yes, Rob, I do care. And and not just because it's political pandering, but one, I really am listening. I really do want to craft good policy and implement it, execute it. I I, I want people to support, affirm, and buy into what I'm selling. If they don't, they're going to have another four years of Joe Hogshead. I, I am not the almighty. I have not been mayor before. So don't compare me to the almighty. <laughs> I am the alternative. Jefferson Shreve is with us. You had mentioned prosecutor moments ago, and I wanted to ask you, there seems to be a great inability to keep the uh, repeat offenders incarcerated. What is your plan to work with Ryan Mears? I mean, he has been reelected. You're going to, if you win the job of mayor of Indy, you're going to be put in the position to work with him. So what is your plan to do that? Uh, yeah, I, I will have to because he's going to have three more years in his independently elected office. And I'll take an honest run at trying to reason with uh, with him and get on the same page and influence. Well, I appreciate that. It's going to take some luck. It's going to take some relationship building, just as it will take relationship building with members of the General Assembly, just as it will take relationship building with the mayoral leadership in the donut counties, just as it will take relationship building with members of our city county council, of which is likely to remain a Democrat majority. I mean, yes, 
a mayor has to invest a lot of time in building relationships. I'll certainly invest in that relationship with Prosecutor Mears. Look, he and I probably aren't a world apart in age, and do we truly not want Indianapolis to be a better, safer, more livable city? It's hard to imagine that we are that far apart in that view, but he's got to do the job that he was elected to do. All right, and I will. I will exert private and public pressure on the gentleman. To get there. All right. I want to get you out of here with this. And let me first of all say this. You are here answering these questions. Joe Hawks, I would absolutely never 100% ever do that. And so we owe you a big thank you for coming in here. Yes, you deserve a lot of credit for coming in here because you have been under, I believe, a firestorm over the past couple weeks. Not just just in studio, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I've been before veterans groups yesterday Mm -hmm. and last Friday. I've been at Perry GOP events. I've been door to door in Decatur Township. I understand that not everyone agrees with my position on plank 3 be of a of a deep seven level public safety plan. Well, yeah, so, that's my so, job. So I you know what? You, I, I signed up for this. I want to get you out of here with this because I think this is the most important thing we're going to ask you because I've said this and I still stand behind this. The city cannot afford four more years of Joe Hogsett. And that means there is no libertarian running. You got to win because the city will not exist as it exists today with four more years of mirrors and, and Hogsett. What do you say to people like Jason Hammer? who are indie lifers, who are really upset right now, who really want to support you, who really wanted to be a cheerleader for you, but are really, really hurt about the gun component of this plan. What is your message to them? How do you win them back? How do you get them to say, okay, Shreve is still our guy? Jason, don't write me off. Don't tune me out. Keep listening. Keep pushing. Keep challenging my assumptions and my thinking and my policy. Feedback. I will get better as I hear from more and more people and as I put this together. I'm a thoughtful guy that is listening and doing my damn best to articulate policy that will be actionable toward making Indianapolis better. I've got 14, 13 weeks to continue to articulate and make this case. And please stay with me as I head down this course because I want to make this city that we share better than it has been under a Joe Hogshead administration. Man, and all you can do is ask for transparency, and you've done it, Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate it, and we, look, you know, Casey, you know, you can ag- agree on this too. I'm sure you will. We get on politicians all the time about running and about not coming on here and not answering the questions, and I'd like for the record to point out you're still in one piece. Yes. You, 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 have, you, have, not, you have not at any point been held against your will. Nope. Uh, no tears in the studio this morning. And so we, we do. We say thanks, mm-hmm. and uh, you're welcome back here anytime, and we love the transparency even when we disagree, and thanks for being with us today. Thank you, guys, so much. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.